Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean for Tuesday. First, with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Monday. Uh, Andrew Dickens was talking about being pregnant. I don't think he's pregnant. I think other people... Anyway, we'll find out shortly. Uh, what to feed your kids in the holidays. And uh, the advent of smell phones. That's right, I said smell, not smart. But before any of that, the big giant statue. Why should anybody else care about it? It's happening in Auckland. I wouldn't mind talking a bit about the sculpture. And I call it a sculpture rather than a statue because I think it is a sculpture they're proposing for Bastion Point. I've got to say that I think Phil Goth's missed the mark on this one. And what is kind of amazing is some of the comments on Facebook from out of New Zealand, uh, sorry, from out of Auckland, with people being really, really upset about it. Uh, in fact, one post I just quickly read on my own private Facebook. I won't, I won't say the guy's name, but he's a Southland guy. Uh, and this is kind of, I thought, would be an interesting start of a discussion. Um, and here's what he says. He's a Southland, he's a Southland man. Um, Auckland, New Zealand's largest city. Auckland has been complaining about terrible traffic congestion for years, constantly begging for funding to improve it. The rest of the country has to continually contribute, except in the catchphrase, it's for the benefit of the whole country. Today, Auckland City Council, we need a large statue to rival New York, China, Brazil. We've got money spare. Let's make it happen. So I think the rest of the country is totally opposed to this. What, even Gore with their giant fish statue? Or Awakuni with its huge carrot? Don't be so quick to judge other parts of the country. Although uh, I don't think any of us are fans of councils taking our money to do wacky stuff, especially not Leighton Smith. Councils want more money. Well, they want more money because they've got more responsibilities. And on that particular point... I've got to say that I have some sympathy with the call because the uh, the devolution out of Wellington out of Wellington which was started years and years and years ago has piled more responsibilities on councils at least allowed them to make decisions on things and they love spending money even more than central government I believe and the uh, the point being that that uh, the costs go up and so they just whack it on us now the idea that GST that is um, that is spent in in Auckland, and this was restricted to one thing on on rates, should go to the go to the council. Is only the beginning. They want more than that. They're not happy with. They wouldn't be happy with just that. They want more. If you go to Australia, or you know anything about Australia, you'll know that the uh, the, the various states have been at the throat of the central government, the federal government, for a long time, wanting more GST, wanting GST back from the states where it's spent. They want their money back because GST goes to the central government and they don't like it and they want more. See, there's a bun fight going on over funding. Now, my sympathy with the councils over, over the, um, uh, that particular issue starts where I said, but it stops with their spending because they are unrestrained spenders and they spend on rubbish, on junk, instead of essentials, they spend on glorious grand schemes. Every council's the same, and we know it. Look at it. Look at Invercargill. They went off to China. Delegation went off to China to find some Christmas lights. 
And they bring the lights back, and now they're building, uh, or they want to build, a, um, a storage place that's going to cost twice as much as the lights did. I mean, how idiotic is that? Oh, God damn it. I've just got back from China, and it never even occurred to me to look for Christmas lights while I was there. Wrong time of year, you see. I came back with fake uh, Converse vans. Shoes. I, I got prescription sunglasses. It's Christmas lights. Why didn't I think of that? Plan ahead, Glen ZB. Uh, let's uh, talk about being pregnant. Uh, Heather reckons the welfare state is working. That's why. People are growing up expecting that someone else will be looking after them. And being on drugs doesn't assist your awareness either. Maybe. But that's suggesting that they're so aware that they realise that the welfare state system is working. Whereas I, um, I quite like this text. Mum of three little ones here, writes the texter. Jeepers, life is hard enough when you have a fair idea of what to do. Maybe that's the key. Head in the sand is easier. And I think that is true. I think people aren't doing this for welfare, though they might get to that point in the first place. They're actually doing it because they don't have resilience. That their head is in the sand. That they don't understand consequences. And they don't understand what happens next. And they find out, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And then they'd rather just pretend it wasn't happening. G'day, Steve. G'day, Andrew. Um, I won't take long. I'll preface, because this is going to sound pretty negative, by saying that, A, I'm a social worker, and B, I'm on the benefit as a solo parent. But uh, these women turning up to hospital, yeah, uh, a lot of them are, are pretty disgusting people, and the uh, the reason that they're turning up and they haven't seen their GPs and they don't have midwives and whatnot is that they're on solo person's benefits. And if they get pregnant, women will deem them to be in a relationship and they will lose the benefit. So they're not having their kids to get extra money, but they're not making the pregnancies known because as soon as those medical files get to witness, benefit stops. And it's a hell of a fight to get it back on. Mm. Um yeah, and I think we'll see in the statistics there's going to be a, a, a huge uh, increase in beneficiaries, uh, solo mothers having more children while not in relationships. Well, I've made my views on this issue abundantly clear. People should never, ever, ever have children. It's, it's, it's just such a simple answer to so many problems. Like trying to figure out what to feed them when they're on school holidays. God, I hate school holidays. You swipe your credit card only to see the stomach-churning amount in New Zealand dollars with the exchange rate, and suddenly you realise you'll need a second mortgage to pay for all those hoodies. The same happens at mealtimes. Feeding kids on holiday is a small fortune and mainly consists of them saying they're starving, but when the meal arrives, it's of course bigger than their head, they get halfway through and they say, I'm full. So most of the food you order isn't even eaten, but you can guarantee they'll be hungry again in 15 minutes and you'll go through that whole process again. And while I'm on a food rant, why are the breakfast time slots at hotels so limited? If you're not awake, showered, dressed and into the restaurant by 10.30, you're not getting breakfast. I mean, you're on holiday. Sleeping in is the main focus of your entire break. And yet there's this perpetual angst to wake up in time to get everyone ready and down to breakfast before it closes. I think we made breakfast twice in our entire week away. I'm not complaining about a holiday, of course. I'm just saying, for those of you wishing you were on a beach somewhere, remember, 
You get to have breakfast whenever you want. It doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. You're not lugging bags anywhere or sitting around airports or missing cuddles with your dog. Yes, it's nice to go away, but it's even nicer to come home. Dumplings. Dumplings. That's what I'd feed them. I've just got... uh, uh, To be honest, I've just got dumplings on my mind because I had quite a lot of dumplings last week when I was in China. That's... I just, it's, it's, I just keep blurting out dumplings, if I'm going to be really, really honest. Uh, we're going to uh, finish up talking about uh, smell phones. Uh, this is when your smartphone develops a sense of smell. It's basically the robot apocalypse, I think, is what's happening here. How does this work, if you can explain in you know, simple terms? Okay, simply, what we've done is we've worked out how to make the receptors that insects use to smell... Um, in the lab. So we don't need the insect, we just need the protein itself. And what we've done with my collaborators, your drinker Travis Sedgich and Natalie Plank, is be able to put these receptors onto different sensor platforms and they work. Um, And even more astoundingly, they are super sensitive. They're more than a thousand times more sensitive uh, than the gold standard for volatile sensing, which is a mass spectrometer. So what sorts of things does it smell? Can it smell? Um, what these receptors have been evolved to smell is volatile organic chemicals. And um, these kind of chemicals uh, are put out by everything. They're put out by animals, by plants, um, industries and urban environments. They're everywhere. You don't notice them because we don't have the particular receptors ourselves to pick up all these things. However, insects have been evolved to all these different levels of uh, niches that they live in and the receptors are there for us to use if we choose to. Uh, when I first saw that story, I just assumed it was uh, people's phones were starting to smell because they weren't cleaning them properly. So I misunderstood that. Uh, usually get the wrong end of the stick. I should, re- I should listen to my own podcast a little bit harder. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB. Uh, I'll promise to pay more attention tomorrow. I will see you there.